hybrid work to hybrid life, how Zoom and other technological tools are helping us shape the future today. You're listening to the Business Extra podcast coming from the National in Abu Dhabi. I'm Mustafa Al-Rawi, Assistant Editor-in-Chief. If you like this show, please do subscribe on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your audio content. With me is Kelsey Warner, the National's Feature Editor and Co-host of the Business Extra. Hi, Kelsey. Hey, Mustafa. Um, So uh, a topic you've been looking at quite a bit uh, in recent weeks and months, which is sort of how... um, the pandemic as well as technological trends have been shaping how and and where we kind of live and work. Sure, there was there was 2020 the big triage where we all went remote and you know emergency scenario we all turned to Zoom 2021 all the navel gazing that went on Zoom fatigue question mark is this all terrible for us to 2022 where it seems like we're all uh, in the bargaining chair right now deciding that hybrid work is here to stay, and so too, perhaps, many of the tools we've been using for the last couple of years. The other thing, too, is I'm reading Atomic Habits right now by James Clear, which is, um, it came out four years ago, not exactly like part of the zeitgeist by any means. We're not trendy here. But uh, one of the points that he made in that book was that the best time to form a new habit is in a novel environment, is when you're in a new environment. And right now, we are in a really new environment with an opportunity to form some new habits. This is kind of on a global scale as we change our work lives and and our typical daily lives. And so I think what we're realizing, you know, two years into this is that we have formed some new habits and, and some of these things are here to stay. And so Zoom very much is one of them. Just so we can take a step back quickly on this company before we dive into an interview, Zoom was founded in 2011 in relative obscurity, launched its product in 2013 by former Cisco engineer Eric Yuan, who remains the chief executive of the company nearly over 10 years later. But when we look back at 2020, the exponential growth that Zoom experienced, they went from in December 2019, 10 million daily active users trading at about $67 a share um, you know, publicly traded in New York to by October 2020, 330 million daily active users trading at $560 a share at its peak. It's corrected now. We're back where the euphoria is sort of over on Wall Street across the boards who are now around $120 a share for Zoom, but it pretty much has doubled its stock price since pre-pandemic levels, as well as when we think about what they've done in the last year, They've shown some real durability. It's it's the rare profitable tech company. And also they've managed to maintain steady growth over the last six months at a time when I think companies easily could have said, maybe, maybe we're over this. Maybe we're going to find a different tool. There's plenty of others out there. Microsoft Teams, Skype, Google Meet. There's it's a it's a crowded space, but Zoom fairly early on in the pandemic captured about half of global market share. Uh, in this in this meet new new virtual meeting world and and has yet to seed ground well to kind of go through that journey that that you were describing there Kelsey but also to look forward and and see how um, zoom might be helping to shape uh, what we'll do tomorrow and beyond uh, we spoke to Sam Tayan who's the managing director for the Middle East Africa Turkey and Pakistan regions at zoom video communications let's listen to that now um, Sam, thanks so much for, for being with us today. Uh, 
I'd like to look back a little bit first, if I may, on the last couple of years when it comes to to Zoom's uh, success. Um, I know Zoom was already popular, but when the pandemic hit, everybody I'm sure who's listening is aware that suddenly we needed a communication tool for when we're not in the office. And and Zoom seemed the the easiest thing to reach for, the most convenient, and it's now become almost a verb, you know, like you Hoover or you Jacuzzi, you Zoom now. Although, you know, we had tools like Skype, you have Microsoft Teams, Cisco, I mean, many competitors out there, but it seemed that Zoom captured the zeitgeist. And then if I kind of tell the story as well, initially there was some teething troubles, there was with such opportunity came risks, but Zoom managed to pivot and sort of ride a bumpy period as well. And now we're in sort of early 2022, um, second quarter. And, you know, last end of last year, Zoom did well in terms of, of, of earnings and business. And it seems you guys are continuing to hold that position. I mean, looking back, is, is, is that how you've seen the journey as well yourself? I mean, certainly we have seen quite a journey. You know, as, as you as you rightly said, you know, obviously Zoom was around before uh, the pandemic, and we were, you know, pretty successful. Uh, but but clearly, with the change in the world in twenty twenty, um, you know, Zoom, the usage of Zoom accelerated considerably. What we've found uh, recently is, as you rightly said, we've continued to grow. We've you know grown our sales, grown our profitability, etc. And what we've seen is a lot of development and evolution in terms of the use cases. People are using Zoom for very different things, and it's become a very embedded uh, way for business communications and social communications to take place. Um, We as a company have continued to improve the products, continued to develop certain directions, such as events. Very recently, uh, the World Government Summit, WGS, which happens here in Dubai, we were the official virtual partner. And it really added a dimension in a manner which allowed what is an absolutely excellent a summit uh, to extend in virtual ways. You know, some speakers attended who maybe couldn't have attended otherwise, and also many attendees could follow the proceedings. These kind of large-scale events um, being virtual is obviously something which is rather new and um you know, rather convenient development, I would say. Interesting. You bring up scale. Part of your earnings report that was reported last month, Zoom was up 66% year on year for customers paying over $100,000 in subscription fees per year. So the, just the big ticket clients are on an upswing for Zoom. And I was wondering if you could talk a bit more about just product offerings. And as we move out of the pandemic, is the scale of Zoom changing? Are you more comfortable on a world government summit stage these days than you are in our living rooms? Or where is your growth? Where is where is growth happening? Um, there's considerable growth in terms of large customers. The, the centerpiece of Zoom is great video communications. And the, the quality, the security, um, you know, the fact that we're end-to-end at scale uh, in terms of encryption, which means it's very secure, uh, that nobody can, you know, um, your communications, video and audio are, are, are secure at scale and also at an ind- individual basis as well. So it, it's, 
you know, it's equally important that everybody who's having a Zoom call, who's on the Zoom meeting, who's uh, participating in a Zoom event has that great experience. And it's important that it scales from small to big. Um, and we certainly are very comfortable with some of the largest organizations in the world. And we're putting a lot of effort into that as well. Do you think this increased interest in large-scale companies buying into Zoom indicates, like if we can make an inference, that there's some acceptance from businesses that Zoom is here to stay and it is a utility that can be kind of added to the bottom line? Yes. I mean, obviously, we would say Zoom is certainly here to stay. And in addition, I think the benefits, whether they be cutting footprints via less business travel, whether it be the ability to huddle employees very quickly together for discussions, um, the inter- intimacy and engagement of you know, using all those tools you can use and obviously the visual contact with your colleagues. Um, this has very much become part of what companies do. You know, We see uh, here in the Middle East, a number of banks who offer video connections to their customers you know, to open accounts and so on. We all know about the educational part of it, so, you know, many kids during the pandemic at school were doing their school classes. Now, there were parents, obviously, who would rather their kids were not at home studying over Zoom. Um, but one of the upshots of that has been the, the, the global tutoring market. So tutoring is something which is becoming more and more some uh, a, an aspect of education. And what we found is that tutoring lends itself naturally more comfortably possibly to a video or a Zoom environment than, um, you know, than physical because, you know, frankly, any parent who wants his kid to do some tutoring in the evening, it may be more comfortable for him for the tutor to be sat at their home than coming to the parent's home sitting on the dinner table. It also means you can look and learn languages and things um, which may be less accessible. There may be less Japanese teachers in your home city than they might be in Japan. Um, so we're seeing these kind of innovative use cases and when we look at large enterprises, we're seeing industrial use cases, we're seeing warehouse inspections, we're seeing all of these things which can be done via Zoom. I mean, I like I like this this vision you're painting of of kind of this globally connected um, society where you know video conferencing, Zoom or otherwise, is a, is enabling us to to think of the convenience. But you know, I have to be frank in my my experience. You know, whatever tool I'm using, I don't find video conferencing has ever kind of improved meetings. And 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 you know, they they kind of in a pinch when we when the pandemic hit suddenly, it was really helpful, but it didn't actually make the experience any better. And and tech in general, like a lot of the tech companies, like we're solving a problem here. I mean, is the problem that's being solved simply what you talked about, like practicality, convenience, uh, you know, geographical distance, or can can these tools at some point, I don't know when, actually help us hold better meetings? I think, I mean, certainly, obviously, the convenience of geography is there, you know, the fact that you can, you know, be sucked close together, so to speak, uh, into a meeting using video when you're far apart. Um, I think potentially also in terms of organization, you know, the fact that you've got a screen in front of you and a keyboard and a mouse means that potentially you can do things in order to organize the interaction of individuals in a meeting. I think there is an argument to say as the meetings grow larger, then technology can play a, a larger role because you can do things such as polling instantly. You know, you can have up to a thousand people on a Zoom meeting and up to 50,000 people on a Zoom webinar or event. With that number of people, 
organizing the interaction can be unwieldy if it's physical, you know, knowing who's talking, knowing who's not talking, getting people's opinions and polling and so on. Obviously, technology gives you tools which can make those larger meetings uh, run more smoothly. You know, as I said, we do have polling, we do have spotlighting, we do have all of these different types of things to allow that slightly more seamless interaction. I wonder, I think part of Zoom's success really has been the lack of learning curve there is to using Zoom. Basically, click a button, you're in the meeting, no further action necessary. And it speaks to really, when we think about like the future of technology, that it tends to be the lowest common denominator that wins out. It's going to be the tool that both your aging board member as well as your like 20-year-old intern can both operate with some level of flexibility that's going to be the tool of choice. But I wonder... When you think about things like augmented reality, 5G, artificial intelligence, all of the kind of words du jour around disruptive tech, is Zoom looking at any of these or is your strength really in not looking at any of these? No, I, I think there's two elements, there's, there's two parts to think about it. The technology that goes into the product. So Zoom has the most cutting edge technology go into, if you like, um, the product and we keep updating it and it keeps getting better and better. We do use the very latest of technology and take advantage, whether it be the additional power of new iPads or it be 5G or be whatever, we, we take best advantage as we can. We also, I think, make a point exactly that you said. The simplicity of use, the intuitiveness is vitally important because at the end of the day, video conferencing, uh, video collaboration is all about a, a smooth experience. You want to be, you know, you, you're quite right. Zoom is, is is well known for being easy to use and it has to stay that way and has continued to stay that way. So I don't know how many, but it's a large list of features have been added. They haven't been in added, added in a way that makes it more complicated for the existing users, just as easy, but offering nuance for people who want more advanced features. And, and kind of for the next sort of 12 months, when it comes to this region specifically, if we can talk about that sort of Middle East um, and the wider region, I mean, what, what are the priorities for Zoom now? I mean, I know in, in other markets you've moved into kind of phone, Zoom phone, but that maybe isn't necessarily practical here. So what are, what, you know, what's the key uh, objectives now for you in growing this business? So um, we're... Zoom phone is here. We do have Zoom, Zoom phone uh, available uh, in the Middle East. And obviously, we have an objective to you know keep talking to people about our products, about using them and getting the best out of them. And also, we're doing quite a lot of work now with uh, governments in the region on uh, virtual remote work strategies. So remote work strategies for the long term, looking at things such as regional hubs and so on. It's become important and uh, you know some of the countries in the region are physically very large so they want to look at remote development to development of remote remote areas allowing people to be very effective in their jobs regardless of where they're living again that diversifies and distributes uh, economic development uh, we're talking to governments about smart public sector practices so we're extending our conversations in that regard we're talking in other places about capacity you know, whether it be healthcare capacity, primary healthcare capacity, and so on, being able to reach a wider audience. We've had a discussion recently with a customer uh, about um, postnatal care, you know, talking to uh, young mothers, doing coaching, doing mentoring, things like that, uh, over Zoom and stuff, things like that. So 
those are some of the conversations and some of the things which we're busy and active on at the moment in the region. So are you almost becoming like, um, from what you're saying, I, I'm hearing you almost like virtual infrastructure. That's what Zoom is, is, is offering. So instead of sort of roads and, and bridges you're, or even telephone lines necessarily, you're offering something that, that allows governments to get their, you know, their aims uh, done in a way that, that, that maybe they couldn't have done, you know, even five years ago. Well, it's, it's, off, it's, it's offering some options, I think, certainly in terms of efficiency um, and also in terms of outreach to their stakeholders, you know, the population, the customers. Um, you know, lots of things which would, you know, whether it be, you know, in one large country in the region, they're looking at a virtual court situation as in law court. Um, so um, certain of the judicial procedures will be conducted wholly virtually from now on. Uh, rather than the requirement to be there physically. And that's very convenient for everybody. You know, nobody particularly wants to go and, you know, hang around waiting for his turn for, um, you know, routine court procedures or for notary procedures or so on. Um, it's a very convenient way of getting getting things done. Again, all of this sort of thing we're working on significantly. So the cult there's a culture shift going on that, that, that started with the pandemic and you know the use of of such tools um have, has shown the opportunities that governments can kind of you know lean on and build on and and so is do you, do you think that it's going to be difficult now and maybe we don't need to to kind of go back and think about what we did before but we're kind of on this path now of continuing to see how technologies such as zooms can can help evolve and improve whether it's governments or companies and the way they they do business day to day so it seems that that it's now that's it the the, the debate is done and it's a question of how how well we can we can execute so the thing i want to pile on here with is not just that but my questions were today going to be all about hybrid work and the answers i've heard really are about more hybrid life and that this is a real all encompassing situation because we're talking about not just meetings, we're really talking about, you know, how we show up at court, as you just said, how we show up at the doctor's office, how we show up to learn new skills, that there's this real all-encompassing migration into a virtual reality that has completely permeated, gone beyond the bounds of just the office space, which was totally our preoccupation in 2020, 2021. And now in 2022, we seem to be accepting, no, it's, it's actually just happening everywhere. And hybrid actually is here to stay, but in many more scenarios than you may have thought. I mean, you're absolutely right um, in that our view is hybrid is here to stay. And it is, it's extended into other areas. I mean, obviously, you know, work is there. I'm sure you, as we do, lots of your meetings are, are conducted over Zoom, particularly with people who are not in the same place. That's for sure. But I think the more, some of the more eye-catching and innovative aspects, it, it's always been the case that in the workplace, many people have got a computer on their desk. Work is defined in, in a manner by a laptop, which you, you use for many office workers. But I think it's the fact that it's moved into the courtrooms, the clinics, uh, the you know the home tutoring, all these other different things, you know maintenance. You know when you want to show, I mean a very simple thing. I had a leak recently in some plumbing at home, and I was very surprised. You know I called the plumber up to book him to come across, 
and fix it. And the first thing he said on the phone while I was booking him was, can you turn on Zoom on your phone and show me? And I showed him and he could assess what would be needed and how much time he would need and so on. But I found it quite surprising that, you know, a plumber who would have normally come around to take a look, decided to take a look beforehand over Zoom. Sam Tayan from Zoom Video Communications, thanks so much for being with us. Thank you very much indeed for your time. That's all we've got time for. Uh, Kelsey Warner, thank you so much. Thank you. All that remains to thank our production team, Arthur Edison, Aisha Khan and Mahmoud Ridda, and you all for listening. <laughs>